Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. This is your host, Michael Clark, and we are coming down the home stretch. Two episodes left in this season before our summer season takes over. Different episodes of the Through Their Eyes and Did That Really Happen podcast are heading your way. Also, we have a newer program that you might have heard already, but we're going to be releasing it more mainstream, and that is the Centered on Christ podcast. We want to make you aware of that as well. Just a lot of stuff that's coming up, and even some stuff that right now I can't even really announce because I'm not really sure at the time that I'm recording this what all we're going to have, so I'm just going to leave it with what I know. Today... We are continuing our road signs theme, and we're going after the yield sign. And we talked in the last episode about yielding in the Old Testament. Today, we're talking about yielding in the New Testament. I want, as I pull this up on my screen, let me get this out of the way here and go ahead and get us to where we need to be. I want you to Go, if you want to, in Luke 9, in your Bibles, to Luke chapter 9, and we're going to be looking at verses 57 through, I believe, 62. Also, if you want, you can bring up a alternate account of this, a secondary account, if you will, in Matthew chapter 8, verses 18 through 22. You have a little bit of a quicker account of this, and I'll go ahead and read that one. And then we'll go in a little bit further. And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another one of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their own dead. Again, this is a quicker account of what we're talking about today, but I want to give us some points to consider about yielding in New Testament times. Number one, yielding to Jesus does not guarantee a worry-free life. There is a difference between proper yielding and mere words. My son loves to wrestle. In fact, I think I've talked about this before, but we call it Mashindanoing uh, because he loved the show The Lion Guard. And in that show, there was a statement made once when two crocodiles were going to fight against each other that they were going to have a Mashindano, which I believe is Swahili for competition. And so... Adam got it in his head that every time we fought, it was a Mashindano, and that has carried on even to today, where when I get home from work or come home from a trip, we need to Mashindano. Sometimes when we're wrestling, both of us are guilty of doing this, but sometimes one of us will say, okay, that I'm done, and we'll tap out, or in this case, what we're talking about, we yield. Then we wait for the right moment, and we pounce, and we get right back to wrestling around again. That's kind of the idea of what we see here, spiritually speaking, in Luke 9, 57 and 58. Now, it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, 
Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. Lord, I am ready to yield to you. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. There's some excitement that's brewing here, and yet Jesus wants him to understand it's not all fun and games following me. You see the glamour, the sparkle, but not the other side. I'll get personal with you for a moment, and I hope you understand what I mean when I say this. I love what I do. I love it so much. I'm glad that I get to be a part of the Memphis School of Preaching, that I get to be a part of a lot of great works like Scattered Abroad and working with the Gospel Broadcasting Network. And my work specifically with the school means I travel a bit. And unfortunately, not every trip can be had where I have my family come with me. And there are days where I sit at a restaurant by myself, ordering food for myself, and I people watch. And I get to look at all of the couples together, or the families together, or the the big group of friends who have all come out for a celebration. And I'm completely and utterly alone. Even today, as I am recording this podcast, I'm alone. I miss my family. I miss my kids. I'm thankful that I have a supportive wife, a supportive son, and a daughter who doesn't yet understand all of this yet, but still loves her daddy. But I know... that the glamour and the sparkle of what some people might consider of someone who travels a lot, I can say now with certainty from the other side, you can get lonely very quick. It's one of the reasons why I love being able to podcast is it gives me something to do when I'm on the road. It means I don't have to just sit around twiddling my thumbs. And there's always work to do. There's another lesson to prepare, or a sermon to write, or a class to be ready to teach, or any of those types of things can always be said. There's side projects to do. But you're alone. And Jesus says to this man, you know, the foxes and the birds, they have homes. Son of man doesn't. And if you follow me, you're not going to have the life that you currently have. The difference between proper yielding and mere words. You know, yielding requires us to count the cost. In Luke 14, beginning in verse 28 all the way down to verse 33, Jesus talks and says that we don't build something without having enough money to cover the cost. Which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he's laid the foundation and cannot complete it, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and couldn't finish. He also points out how it's unwise to go to war if you cannot afford the troops. What king going to make war against another king doesn't sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20? Can I win a war when I have 10,000 less than who I'm fighting against? 
Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus is asking us in Luke 14 to yield to him. Yield. And we shouldn't blow through a yield sign without checking to ensure we're not going to get into an accident. To do that would be to ignore the sign's purpose and be begging for trouble. And if we don't yield spiritually, what else do we expect to happen but for us to get into a wreck? The disciples that followed Jesus truly understood what yielding meant. Where did they stay when they traveled? Were they Hilton Honors members? Were they a part of the Marriott Honors Rewards? No, they had nowhere to call home. And the man Jesus has encountered here is unwilling to pay that cost. The text should read in verse 59 something different than what it reads. It should read that that man followed Christ. But unfortunately, we're told that there's another encounter that takes place in the text. Number two, yielding to Jesus is supposed to be our main priority. Good excuses don't protect us. In Luke 9 and verse 59, he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. You know, the Jews had very few responsibilities that trumped family. First thing a Jew would do in the morning is pray the Shema. If his father died, he would be allowed to take care of his father's funeral before praying that prayer. But that was the only expectation of a Jewish person that morning was to wake up, pray the Shema. And the only absolute excuse that could be made to not pray it was if a father died. In this man's mind, in Luke 9, 59, he's making a reasonable excuse as to why he can't currently come. Just let me go and bury my father, and then I'll be there. But Jesus responds and says, let the dead bury their dead. He's not holding back. He's saying that our family is not more important than being faithful. Brother Don Walker, when he was one of my instructors at the Memphis School of Preaching, kind of put it this way, this is a gut punch. This is a slap in the face to everything that the Jewish people stood for in their timeline. And yet Jesus said it all the same because there's something more important than burying your own father. And it leads us to ask a simple question of you today as the listener, and of me even. What or who is more important to us than Jesus? What do we allow to hold us back from our Savior? Do we love the Lord? He loves us. We only love Him because He first loved us. You know, yielding requires our entire focus. Look at Luke 9 and verse 61. 
And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. What was the man's focus? His family? Perhaps his friends? Neither one of those sound like a terrible thing, and yet the Lord states that this would keep a man from being fit for the kingdom. I found this from an unknown unknown source. He's talking about a farmer using a plow on a field. And the man put his hand to the plow to start plowing. And the goal back then of a farmer is to make these straight rows in the earth with his plow. They didn't have the type of technology that we have today. And so in order to accomplish these straight rows in the earth, he does this by looking at a distant object. Jesus creates a picture of a farmer who, rather than looking straight ahead at the distant object, is constantly looking back at things. The Greek words for looking behind or looking back have the picture of constantly and continually looking back at things. And the result of this process is a crooked and curved row in the earth. And it's a mess. And so, I say again, who or what is more important than Jesus to us? And if we're being honest, you have something that either has been more important in your your past or it is currently more important. It's the one thing that you refuse to give up. And close with this before next week we end our season together. I heard the story growing up of scientists who wanted to study monkeys. Might have been hunters. I don't remember if I'm pretty sure it was scientists. We'll go with scientists. That makes it sound better. Uh, I can't remember all of the, the pertinent details, but I know this. These monkeys were incredibly hard to catch. They're fast. And so what these scientists determined to do was to get a jar and fill it up with their favorite type of nut. And that jar's entrance would be just slim enough to fit their hand down in. And if nothing is in the hand, monkey's paw, I guess, they could bring that paw back out and no problem. But the moment they would reach their paw down in there and they'd grab a hand of the nuts that were inside that jar, they couldn't get their hand back out. Now we know when something like that happens, you take the jar and you dump it out. Uh, These monkeys wouldn't do that, though. They would begin to scream and cry, leaving their hand in the jar all the same. Do you know what ended up happening? The scientists knew exactly where to look because they could hear them. In that moment, their freedom didn't matter as much as their bellies.
they would have rather filled their stomach than been free. I shudder to say, both with me and with you, I fear too often we behave like those monkeys. Lord willing, next week we'll close out our season together with some text takeaways from the yield sign. Until then, please God now, so our eternity can be far better. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.